disease and yes that's that's physical but I as I begin to pray this song just over our church I begin to see faces of ones I know and even ones I don't know that were so broken. See God God came and he says that he took our burden. He took all of the disfigurement. And I know there's some of you here today that are dealing with uh, with the hurt of a spouse that's been unfaithful. I'm here to say today that God is your healer. He's more than enough. You may have been the one that was doing the cheating. You may have been the one who was unfaithful. I'm here to say to you today that He's more than enough. He's your healer. I'm here this morning to say to the drug addict, to the substance abuse, that Jesus is more than enough. I know. I've been there. He can wipe it all away because He's more than enough. He's your healer. There's some of you that are dealing with the scars of your past, whether they be mental or physical, maybe by a parent or maybe by an ex-spouse. I'm here to say today 
that your past is not the present and he is here today in your presence and he's more than enough. He's more than enough. He can heal you. As we sing the rest of this song, it just says nothing is impossible for you. For some of you, I don't know your situations. I just see your faces. And I know some of you need to stretch your hands out towards God as an act of worship, as an act of trust, an act of praise. And you just need to say, Jesus, you are more than enough for me. You're more than enough for me. So those of you, just stretch your hands out. Don't be scared of those around you. Just stretch your hands out to them as we sing this. Nothing is impossible for you. Nothing is impossible. No, nothing is impossible for you. You hold my world in your hand. Nothing. for our God. Nothing is impossible for you. Nothing is impossible. No, nothing is impossible for you. You hold my world in your hands. Sing it out, church. Nothing is impossible. 
but also for the emotional, hidden scars, the mental scars, the spiritual scars. We trust you with those today, Jesus, the hidden places in our lives, God, where we are so burdened. Lord, may you begin to heal those. Lord, and I just speak healing over our church today, Jesus. Healing in your name, declared in faith today, Jesus, that hurt places are going to begin to be mended. Thank you, Jesus. You guys can be seated. <laughs> um, we're going to dismiss our children, um, kindergarten through fifth grade. Um, you guys can go ahead um, and dis- be dismissed. because I actually preached this sermon called Letters to the Next President that I'm not going to preach today because I'm going to go a little bit off the cuff. Um, I really like that last song. Nothing is impossible, for he is our healer. If you have your Bibles, and some of you do, um, but you can't read them because it's too dark, um, you're going to have to work with me on Scripture. Turn to John chapter 11. And in John chapter 11, we're going to look at Jesus being the healer. Uh, John chapter 11 is a great story because uh, it's, it's winding down in Jesus' ministry. And um, what happened is Jesus had some, he had some really good friends. He had the 12 disciples. But he also had some friends that weren't really part of his traveling entourage. And um, uh, the, those, there's three of them we find in Bethany. And uh, their names are Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. Can y'all say that? Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. So um, uh, Jesus is like best friends um, with Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. And uh, uh, they, uh, Mary, Martha, and Lazarus kind of all live in the same house because they're all kin. Uh, it's kind of like being in South Tennessee and, or East Tennessee. And uh, they... Um, Jesus just loves hanging out with him. And he would, anytime he got close to Jerusalem, he'd, he'd go to Bethany and he'd hang out with his friends and just kind of let his hair down, so to speak. And, uh, and uh, it, was just, it was just a wonderful time. Well, in John chapter 11, it says this. In John chapter 11, verse 1, um, it says, A man named Lazarus was sick. Now, that last song that we talked about 
And Josh talked about there's physical sickness, but there's also spiritual sickness as well. Um, there was a man named Lazarus was sick. And uh, that's where we kind of enter into the story. There's a problem. And the problem is sickness. The problem is things are not the way it should be. Anybody can understand that with me? Just things in your life, really, they're just not the way they should be. And uh, that's how it is in Lazarus. He's sick. And it says this, He was from Bethany, the village of Mary, and her sister, Martha. So they're in this little town called Bethany. He's sick. Verse 2 says this, This is the Mary who poured the expensive perfume on the Lord's hair and wiped him, uh, wiped his feet with her hair. And I kind of unpackaged that a little bit. But basically, um, Mary, not Mary the mother of Jesus, different, totally different Mary, um, this Mary loved Jesus so much and wanted to worship Jesus so much that she went out and she bought this perfume. And this perfume literally cost a year's wage. So imagine what you make in a year. All right? 20 grand, 30 grand, 50 grand. She, she, she spends that amount of money on this one little jar of perfume. And she goes, and in just an extravagant act of worship, she pops the top, she breaks the seal, and she pours it all over Jesus' feet, and she wipes Jesus' feet with her hair. And in that day and age, women left their hair up. And it was just, but she said, yeah, I don't care what anybody else thinks. I want to worship Jesus, and I want to be right at his feet. That same Mary, who's kin to Martha and Lazarus. Now, Lazarus is sick. And Lazarus and Jesus are like best friends. They're buds. All right? They're like this. All right? And I'm over here, by the way. But they're like this. All right? And there's a problem. Well, it says this, um, verse 4. Um, so the two sisters sent message, verse 3, uh, to tell Jesus, Lord, the one whom you love is very sick. Verse 4. When Jesus heard about it, he said, Lazarus' sickness will not end in death. No. It is for the, what does it say? It is for God's glory. It is for God's glory. I, the Son of God, will receive glory from this. Let me just say this. Wherever you're at, you may have a physical sickness. You may have a brokenness in your relationship with your Heavenly Father. There may be a broken relationship with your, with your spouse or with a child, a child that maybe is, has turned around and left home and has become just, you know what, I'm just leaving this stuff. God's saying, you know what, I can get glory from this. You may not think I can get glory from cancer, but I can get glory from this. And you need to know that this is not going to end the way you think it's going to end. This is not going to end the way you think it's going to end. Now all of us, when we think of sickness, when we think of all this stuff, we know eventually we're all going to die. All right? It's kind of like, you've heard, it's like death and what? Taxes. It's all going to happen to everybody. But he said, there's hope here. Because if you, have, if you have that friendship with me, the thing that you fear the most will never, ever happen. Because you will not die. There will be a healing. Now, how does that work? You think, well, people die all the time. And I have a friend or a grandma or an uncle that had a relationship with God and they died. We're going to talk about that through this because nothing is impossible with God. That's what we just sang about. Nothing is impossible with God. 
So, verse 4, Jesus says, Lazarus' sickness is not going to end the way you think it's going to end. He says this, I, the Son of God, is going to get, I'm going to get glory from this. So, although he loved Jesus, Martha, and Mary, and Lazarus, excuse me, although Jesus loved Martha, Mary, and Lazarus, verse 5, verse 6, he stayed there and was there for the next two days and did not go to them. That's just kind of strange, don't you think? If somebody loves, I mean, you're best friends with somebody and they're sick and you know you can be the healing, that you can be the healer in this point, that you can go and fix the problem, and he chooses not to go. Why is that? I mean, some of you, you know God can fix your problem. You know, you have enough faith in God, you know God is in control, that God, if He would just step in, He could fix your problem. But you're feeling like Mary and Martha did at this point, and Lazarus at this point, that you think, okay, I know things are not the way it's supposed to be. I know God can fix them, but He's not doing it. He's not stepping in. He's not, he's not stepping in and saying, okay, I'm going to immediately come to your rescue. And you start asking and scratching yourself, why? Why, God, are you waiting? If you are the healer, if nothing is impossible for you, then why are you waiting in my circumstance? Why are you waiting in my, in my situation? Why are you waiting in my brokenness? Why are you waiting, God? And the answer was found back in verse 4, because he wants to get the glory. He wants to get the glory. He wants to be able to, to come in and ride in and when nobody else can fix things for him to come. Let's keep on reading. It says, verse 12. Um, it says, uh, um, he, he, Jesus is talking to the disciples and says, you know what, uh, Lazarus, you know, things are not going to go well and he's going to sleep. And the disciples go, or certain this, well, he says, um, in verse 12 it says, well, if he's sleeping, then that means he's going to get better. That's what the disciples said. Verse 13, though um, they thought Jesus meant Lazarus was having a good night's rest. <laughs> Natural sleep. How many of you all had good night's rest last night? Well, Lazarus had really good night's rest. All right? But really what Jesus meant was that Lazarus was, was, was dead. All right? He was pushing up daisies. All right? How they communicated that somebody died is they had rest, you know, the, the final resting place. We even say that. But look at the next verse. It says this. Then Jesus told them plainly, Lazarus is dead. What? I'm sorry. Lazarus is dead. And for your sake, verse 15, Jesus says, I am glad. Verse 15. Let me read that again. And for your sake... I, I was glad that I was not there so that you may believe. Okay, let's, let's just stop right now and let's look at that. Jesus says, I'm glad I wasn't there. That doesn't seem quite right. That doesn't seem like a... So many of we just read that one verse, we would think, what in the world is God talking about? I'm glad I wasn't there. I had the problem. I was your solution, but I didn't show up, and I'm glad I didn't show up. What in the world? But the rest, part, the rest of that verse explains the reason why and what makes sense. So that, look at that, you might what? I'm sorry, I didn't hear that. What was that? So that you might what? Believe. 
The whole reason Jesus did not show up and waited around, the reason why he allowed his best friend to die was that people might believe. So you're in this situation right now in your life and you're thinking, God, I wish you'd run to my rescue. I wish you'd enter in. I wish you'd fix my problem, fix my marriage, fix my job, fix my children, fix my finances. And God's saying, wait just a second. I want you and others like you, I want you to believe. That's the reason why I am not just riding in, in your in, on, on a, like a knight on a white horse because I want you to believe. There's something more to this life than just your comfort. There's something more to this life than just getting what you ask for. I want something more from you, and I want you to believe. That, that is Jesus' big idea in, in this entire story. I want you to believe. Now think about this. They had been around Jesus for about three years now. They had understood Jesus. They've seen Jesus uh, heal people with paralyzed hands and people who couldn't walk. They had seen, seen Jesus uh, cast out uh, demons and evil spirits from people. They had seen Jesus walk on water. They had seen Jesus uh, multiply bread and fish and all this stuff. They had seen Jesus do so very much. They knew Jesus was the bread of life. They knew Jesus was the life of men and the light of men. And see, it's easy to know that with somebody else and somebody else's situation and somebody else's circumstances. But a lot of times when you get in the darkness of your own, we have this, we just start to doubt. We start to say, you know what, I, I, I don't think God can come through in my circumstance. And I've been there. I've been a pastor. And I start thinking, you know what? I, I know that I should believe this, but it just I, I, I'm having trouble believing. I'm doubting right now. And God's saying, the reason, the reason why I'm silent right now is so that you and others around you will believe. Believe what? I'm glad you asked that question. Because we're going to keep on reading. And we're going to see what they believed. All right, what Jesus wants them to believe. So, uh, verse 17 of John chapter 11, I'm reading from the New Living Translation, says this, When Jesus arrived at Bethany, I'll read it from the screen. On his arrival, Jesus found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. All right, that's not good news. Four days. Now, in that culture, kind of the, their belief is that when somebody died... The, their spirit would hang around for about three days, and then on the fourth day, it's Austin lasagna. It'd go wherever spirits go. All right? Now, that's totally wrong belief, not in the Bible, because the Bible says to be absent from your body is going to be to be, to be present with the Lord. All right? But they had this, some weird beliefs. So four days, G Jesus shows up when all hope is lost, when the spirit ain't going to be coming back to the body. All right? So verse 2, excuse me, verse 18. Bethany was less than two miles from Jerusalem, and many Jews had come to Martha and Mary for comfort, to comfort them in the loss of their brother. So you have this entire people hugging on Mary, hugging on Martha. It's going to be okay, but it's not going to be okay. Because Lazarus is dead. Dead people don't come back to life. All right? When you're dead, you're dead as a doornail. All right? it, I mean, there is no next chapter. All right? 
you're done. Your prego, you're done. It's, everything's finished. All right? Keep it on reading. All right? Verse 20. But when, Mary, when, when Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went out to meet him. But Mary stayed at home. Verse 21. Martha said this to Jesus. Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Lord, if you would have been here, my brother would not have died. Do you hear the pain in that? If you would have been here, things would have turned out differently. And some of you, you could say that in your marriages. I, Lord, if you would have been in my life earlier, if I'd had a relationship with you earlier, my marriage would have my marriage would have stuck together. I really do believe that. Lord, if you were part of my life earlier, my kids would have seen a better husband or a better wife. And there would have, I, there would have been that healing because I know you can heal Jesus. What Martha is saying is, Lord, I know that you can heal. You are my healer. But there's nothing to heal anymore. He is dead. I believe you can heal. But you waited too long. He's dead. Keep on reading. Verse 22. But I know that even now God will give you whatever you ask. She's saying, you know what? I, I'm hurt. And I'm, 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 I'm angry a little bit. If you would have been here... You could have healed him. But, but I know, verse 22, but I know, go back to that if you would, but I know that even now God will give you whatever you ask. You see, Jesus really is in control. I will give you what, God will give you whatever you ask. Verse 23 says this, Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. And when Martha heard that, she's going, yeah, I know all about the Scriptures. You know, we're going to rise again, and we're going to all meet one another in Beulah Land or Glory by and by and Streets of Gold. And yeah, I've heard it all. That doesn't help me right now. And Jesus says, that's not quite what I'm talking about. Jesus says in verse 25, Jesus says, I... In the resurrection and the life. I am the life. He who believes in me will live, even though he dies, and whoever lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? You remember, the whole point, the reason why Jesus stayed where he was at was so that they may what? Believe. And look how many times believes, the word believe happens in this. So that you might believe. If you believe in me, all right, let's go back. Verse 25. I am the resurrection and the life. He who, what's that word? Believes. He who believes in me will live, even though he dies. So he's saying, you know, you're going to believe in me. There's going to be life, even though you may see death and you may die. There's still going to be life there. There's still going to be life there. It's like, um, I'm liking this weather change, uh, and it's starting to get cool. And uh, when it's with, with fall coming, you know, the leaves are going to start falling off the, the tree. And, and when winter comes, it looks like that tree is dead. It doesn't look like there's any life. That's what he's talking about. He says, you know what? If you believe in me, you're going to live even though it looks dead. Even though when you go to a casket, when you go to a funeral home, somebody that has that relationship with Jesus Christ, there's all appearance that, that they're dead. 
But what the Bible is saying is this. They are now more alive than they ever have been. Their physical body, it's gone. But right now, they are more alive than they ever have been. If you believe. And that's the point. You, it's, it's all about belief. Having a relationship with Jesus. I'm going to keep on reading verse 26. And whoever lives and believes in me will never die. This is so amazing. This is such a promise. The, the, the thing that you fear the most, death, that if you are a Christian, if you have that relationship with Jesus, the thing that you fear the most will never, ever happen to you. That you will never die. Now, you're thinking, right. Ah, uh, yeah. Uh-huh. Now, think about this. Death here is like, it's, it's cessation. It means it's, it's where you stop breathing. When you close your eyes and when the doctor says, you know what, it's terminal. It's terminal. The doctor's wrong. Because the thing that you think is going to put you in the grave is really, it's going to really be a new birth. And you may, even though this outer shell is gone, you are now more alive. And when you start to close your eyes and everything starts fading and you feel your consciousness going out and you start, okay, this is it, this is death, you don't experience it because you are with the giver of life. You are with the healer, and nothing is impossible with God. Do you believe that? Nothing is impossible with God. Nothing. So, he says, Whoever lives and believes in me will never die, because to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. He is the source of life. He is the source of life. Do you believe this? He asks. Verse 27, Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. I have always believed. Yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who, who had come into the world. Then she left him. Now, we see Mary comes out, and Mary, the same Mary that fell at Jesus' feet and worshipped, she comes and she falls at the Lord's feet and worships as well. And she says almost the exact same thing uh, her sister did. Lord, if you had been here, she, he, he would not have died. He would not have died. You see, there's a theme here. They believed that Jesus could heal. Just like the song we just sang. He is our healer. They believed that Jesus could heal. Here's one thing that they did not know, though. They believed Jesus could heal, but they did not know that Jesus could raise people from the dead. They didn't, they didn't know that Jesus was the giver of life. Yeah, he's the great physician. He's the great doctor. He can fix you up. But even when there is no life anymore, He can give life. And that is what He wants them to believe. The reason why I, I didn't come running and I, and I, and I just kind of waited back and let Him die was so that they might believe. Believe in what? Believe that, yes, I can heal, but even more importantly, I can bring people back from the dead. That's awesome. Now, let's continue reading. Verse 33, when Jesus saw her weeping, Mary and Martha weeping, and the other people, he was moved, he was deeply moved in spirit, and he was troubled. Verse 34, Jesus asked the question, where have you laid him? Where is his grave? Where, where have you put him in? And they said, come and see, Lord. They replied, verse 35, shortest verse of the Bible. 
Y'all want to memorize a verse today? <laughs> Say this with me. Jesus wept. There you go. You got a verse memorized. John 11:35. Jesus wept. Let's say it again. Jesus wept. The point here is Jesus. He didn't not come because he was hard-hearted. He has the most softest heart you will ever meet. And he cried and he wept because he saw all these other people crying and weeping. And he knew the end of this story, just like some of you do. They didn't know the end of the story. So he's crying and weeping. I'm going to keep on reading. Verse 36. The Jews said, See, look. Look how they loved him. Verse 37. But some of them said, Could not he who opened the blind eyes of the blind man have kept this person from dying? Again, here's the point again. Here's the big idea. They believed he could heal, but they did not believe that he could raise people from the dead. And they're blaming him. And remember, the whole point of believing is so that he will get the glory, as we said in verse 4. All right, now, let's keep on going. Um, Verse uh, 38 says, again, Jesus was deeply troubled. Then he came to the grave, came to the tomb. It was a cave with a stone laid across the entrance. Now, let me explain this a little bit. They didn't have... uh, um, uh, gravestones and, and like uh, markers and cemeteries like you and I have. Um, in Israel, and I've been all over Israel and I've seen these, it's all limestone and there's all these caves littered around. And what they'd do is they'd have a cave and they would open up the the entrance of the cave and they would literally cut like little bunk beds in this little cave where they would put everybody who dies in the family. So if like if I'm in the Edmondson family, um, we would have our own like little cave or kind of mausoleum would be the most thing, I guess, uh, similar to that today. And you would put everybody in there who died in the Edmondson family. So the Lazarus family, you got Lazarus's old uncle who died, his grandmother, his grandfather, his mom and dad that's passed away. And, uh, you know, he's got, they got all these people in this grave who've long been since dead. And Lazarus, he's in there, and he's been dead for four days. So Jesus comes to this cave. They said, and this is what he says. This is so freaking awesome. Oh, um, verse 39. He says, roll the stone aside. Some of you, uh, this is, I'm gonna keep on going. Uh, Jesus told them, but Martha, the dead man's sister, said, Lord, I'm going to read it. Uh, uh, but Lord, uh, by this time there's going to be a bad odor for who's been there for four days. <laughs> If some of y'all have the old King James versions, I think I remember seeing this. Lord, don't you know that he stinketh? All right, that's just wonderful. Stinketh. Gotta love that. Man. Um, so there's going to be a stench, and Febreze ain't going to take it away. All right? So he's there, but he's saying, listen, just do what I say. Yeah, there's going to be an odor. Live with it. Because life is getting ready to happen. So they... Move, they, they move the stone away. Uh, the stone away. And verse 40, Jesus starts praying. And he says this, Didn't I tell you, you will see God's glory if you believe? Didn't I tell you that if you believe? Everybody said the word believe. Here's the point again. If you believe, you're going to see what? The glory of God. That's the whole, that's it. God, Jesus says, I'm not going to show up. I'm not going to run to the rescue because the, I, there's going to be some glory being received out of this. So he prays this prayer, and then in verse 43, 
Verse 43, this is what Jesus says. When he had said all of this, all of the prayer, Jesus called out in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. Those three words, Lazarus, they're so important. Jesus had so much power. If he would have just said, come out, you know what would have happened? Family reunion, instantly. All right? You'd have 15 people, old Aunt Granny back there, and, you know, they'd be having potato salad, some fried chicken, and, I mean, it would have been a party. Jesus got that much power. But Jesus says, you know what? Lazarus, come out. These people, yes, Lazarus, they think that I could heal you. They believe that. That what they don't know is that I can raise you from the dead. Lazarus, come out. Verse 44. And Lazarus came out, bound in grave clothes, his face wrapped in a headcloth. Now, let's talk a little bit of this. He came out. His hands and feet wrapped with strips of linen. Have you all ever seen the movie The Mummy? All right. That's so biblical, at least the mummy part. Let me tell you what they would do is they would take strips of, of, of cloth. Um, in fact, the, the, this same word is found elsewhere in Matthew, swaddling clothes. Have you all ever heard that? Um, it, it, it's really death rags. And they would take a person after they died and they would wrap their head and they would wrap and they would just kind of and they would wrap the entire body so it would all be so they're not flailing they're, they're wrapped now again this is if you think about this this is humorous Jesus says Lazarus come out and Lazarus he doesn't come out that's not how Lazarus is doing this is how Lazarus is coming out I mean, here comes Peter Cottontail, right? So Lazarus is hopping out. And remember, it's around his face. It's around his nose, all right? And, and that's the reason why Jesus says this, uh, unwrap him and let him go. Now, here's the reason why Jesus said unwrap him. Because if they hadn't unwrapped his head, what was going to happen? Suffocate, and Jesus was going to have to do the whole thing all over again. Unwrap him and let him go. Some of you, we started this morning as we were singing that song, as Josh said. You've had pain of divorce. You've had pain of a spouse cheating on you. You have caused the pain. You have been the spouse who cheated. You've had the pain of seeing your children grow up and rebel against you and God. You've had the pain of thought you and God were okay and then just to find out that you're not. And you, there's been some stuff happening in your life and you just threw your hands up in the air and say, I'm done with church. I'm done with God. This is bunk. And there's so much pain there. You, you're, financially, you just don't know how you're going to pay the house payment. Foreclosures all around you. And you don't know how you're going to pay the house payment. Some of you, you've experienced a um, just health issues in the past year, year and a half, 
and it's just it's been an uphill climb for you. Maybe a a, a loved one, a, a spouse, a mom and dad that has just gotten sick, sicker and sicker and sicker, and you just you're just you're bound up in guilt, you're bound up in hate and frustration, and you just don't know where to go. What God is telling you this morning, He says, unwrap them and let them go. Grave clothes are meant for who? Dead people. And is Lazarus dead anymore? No, he's not. Jesus is saying, what you got, that little thing, it doesn't go with you anymore. All right, It's not what you want anymore. You need to shed them. You need to take them off. You need to take them off. Ephesians 2.1 says this, that before we knew Jesus Christ, we were dead in our trespasses and our sins. We were dead in our mistakes and our, our messed upness. The Bible calls it sin. But now we've been made alive through Jesus. Yet, even though we've been made alive again and we're like Lazarus, some of you still got those grave clothes on. They're hanging down from you, and they're just they're binding you up, and they're tying you up, and you're bound up, and you're just you cannot move because of the the death rags from your former lifestyle. And, and God is saying, get rid of them. They don't go with your decor anymore. They're starting to stink. They look bad, and they're binding. So get rid of them. Now notice, Lazarus couldn't get rid of him himself. He didn't say, okay, let me take these off. He's bound up. So look at what Jesus said. Jesus said this. Jesus said, told the crowd to unwrap him and let him go. Basically what that's saying is you can't do it yourself. You can't get through some of this tough stuff yourself. You need help. And I'm encouraging you today, one church, there are some of you, you have went through so many hard times and so much rough times, you can't make it on your own. You can't take those grave clothes off yourself if you're Lazarus. You've got to get somebody to help you. You've got to get somebody to help you. And how that happens here at our church is through small groups. You know, you don't have anybody helping you with some struggles that you're going through in here because you're kind of looking at the back of somebody's head. In fact, you're kind of looking at the back of somebody's down on somebody's head on their bald spot. All right? You're not going to get that help that you need of taking those gray clothes off. The only way to do that is, is to get into a community group. To allow some people to get around you to ask you some tough questions. What are you doing? What are you spending your money on? Let's read the Bible together. Let's pray together. If you're hurting, let me weep with you. If you're happy, let's laugh together. But let's do life together. Let me help you get those gray clothes off of you because it's starting to stink. And it's starting to mess up every other area of your life. But you cannot do that alone. You cannot. Really, you have a choice this morning. Are you going to just hop right on out of here in your grave clothes? Or are you going to say, you know what? I am choosing to get around people, to get people around me that's going to help me take this stuff off, to help me take this, this death suit I have off and to let me be free. Because nothing is impossible with God. Nothing. And I'm encouraging you this morning, as you leave here, 
as you go out in the foyer, there is a communion group table to sign up for group link. Um, some of y'all who have been with one church for a while, we've said, you know, to get in a community group, you sign up and we kind of put you in a group. We've realized, you know, that's probably not the best way because we're putting you with people. Some of you are 19-year-olds and we're putting you with 79-year-olds. And that's right, we've got some 79-year-old people coming to one church. You know what they say? The music ain't loud enough. Turn it up. <laughs> All right? So what we're going to get you to do at Group Link, which happens this Saturday. So if you don't come this Saturday, you don't get in a group. I can't emphasize that enough. This Saturday, you're going to show up at the One Church offices. All the information is out at the table and in your bulletins. You're going to show up, and you're going to see some people in a room. They kind of look happy, and they kind of look my age. Um, and I think I'm going to hang out with them. And you kind of you get yourself in a group, and you start doing some things. And we're going to just have, we're going to have some food there. It's going to be fun. But in order for you to come to Group Link, you need to sign up, and it's this Saturday. So I'm just I'm encouraging you. If you're not in a community group, if you're in a community group, you don't need to come. But if you're not in a community group and you want to say, Hey, I want to get around people who can help me take this junk off of me then communion groups is the way to do it. And the best way, the only way to get in a communion group is through group link, and that happens this Saturday. I'm going to ask Josh to come back up, and we're going to sing that healer song again because that just kind of ruined my morning. So, um, But I am so thankful. And my encouragement to you is this as Josh comes up. You may believe that God can do some things in your life. You may believe that God, yeah, He's the healer, but God wants to go far above what you believe about Him and show you the truth about who He really is, that nothing is impossible with God. Let's pray. Dear Jesus, I I thank you so much that you give us stories like Lazarus and Mary and Martha in the Bible and that... um, Lord, you show us people who, who struggle and who struggle with hard questions. And Lord, um, I struggle with hard questions. Lord, I, I know I, people call me pastor, but Lord, I don't have all the answers. And I never will. I don't know why some things happen to some people and not to other people, God. But I know that you love us because your word says that. And I know that you want people to believe. To believe. And Lord, that's what I pray right now. That Lord, there may be people in here this morning who they want to believe. I pray, Lord, that you would that you would give them, that you would help them along. And they would be able to say, I love Jesus with all of them. Thank you so much.